Hey, this is Gene Jennings with the Connect Hope Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to our very first episode. The audio in this one isn't as good as we'd like, especially on my side of the mic, but we didn't want to do it over because one, we're too lazy, and two, we didn't want to lose the spontaneity and the giggles we enjoyed with the original recording. We'll try to do better in the future. Hey, we're pastors, not nerdy tech guys. Welcome to the Connect Hope Podcast, a podcast to encourage pastors and ministry leaders who are striving to make Jesus famous. Hey, welcome to the Connect Hope Podcast. My name is Gene Jennings, and I'm with my buddy Chuck Gordon, and we are here to help Connect Hope with you. So Chuck, uh, this is our first initial podcast, and let's start off by just telling us a little bit about Connect Hope and your ministry. In this first podcast, Gene Jennings discovered a microphone. He approached Chuck Gordon and said, what if we do a broadcast together? Well, brilliant was the idea, as Gene is himself. Anyway, so, okay. Anyway. Was that, was that Dr. McGorman? <laughs> Chuck and I, I had the same Greek professor in seminary. Gene passed, though. So uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> Tell us about Connect Hope. And thank you, Gene. Uh, man, Connect Hope, uh, we're all about encouraging pastors, uniting ministries, and resourcing uh, God's kingdom work. And anyway, we're excited to be able to do that, connecting with pastors from all over the CSRA and uh, from cities outside the CSRA as well. So it's a huge privilege to be doing this with you, bro. Yeah, man. It's great. We're looking forward <laughs> to it. So, uh, Chuck, today I thought we'd name the, this episode, Can I Get an Amen? Amen. I, I have a feeling there's a there's a story behind this, Gene. Well, <laughs> there are. We probably have a lot of stories, actually. But I want to talk about preaching and uh, speaking messages and sharing the word with our congregations and and um, so the story that you're thinking of. I told you before was about um, my one of my first churches, traditional Baptist church. Uh, I was 30 years old, I think, when they called me to. Um, they, obviously the church was delirious that day when they called me to be their pastor, 30 year old, pretty fresh out of seminary. I'd spent a couple of years as a church planter before that. One but, of those ones you have sermons that you wish you never preached or looking yeah, back. That... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in this great, they were a great church. We were there. They were just a huge blessing to us over the That's years. Cool. We were there for six years, but, um, but early on, um, I discovered that one of my godly ladies, Miss Bertha, she sat right in the middle <laughs> four rows back and she was kind of a big lady and she didn't, she didn't naturally smile. I mean, she was a sweet lady, but she just had that, that her, countenance about her that she looked like she was kind of grumpy. Her honest. resting face was like a bulldog. Is what I hear <laughs> exactly. you saying. That's okay. Exactly. Yeah. And she sat back with her arms crossed. And if she liked what you said, she'd give you, Amen. <laughs> and that was always good. That was kind yeah. of your gauge when you were preaching. No if you got Miss Bertha to say, Amen, you know, something was, something good was happening. Well, um, a few months into that ministry, uh, we had a funeral and the, the, the previous pastor came back up uh, to do the funeral because, you know, he was close to the to the deceased and the family. And we were riding to the cemetery. I remember we were riding to the cemetery together to, to do the graveside service. And he said, um, how's Miss Bertha doing? I said, well, you know, she's great. You know, she's kind of your gauge. You know, when you get an amen out of Miss Bertha, you know, maybe you're doing something right or said something right. And he said, have you figured out how to get her wound up? And I said, no, what are you talking about? He said, man, he said, if it's too quiet, your crickets are chirping while you're preaching, you need to get Miss Amy, uh, Miss uh, Bertha 
the amen you. Just talk about the blood. Just preach about the blood. Just talk about the blood of Jesus, and that'll get wound up. I said, really? He said, yeah. Every time, whenever I needed to wake her up, I would just talk about the blood. <laughs> I know where this one's going. <laughs> so, so sure enough, um, and I didn't really, I don't remember doing it intentionally, but I think maybe I do remember knowing that I was going to talk about the blood in a message and just kind of in the back of my mind thinking, I wonder if this is going to get Miss Bertha wound up. And sure enough, she'd go, amen, amen. And man, if she really got wound up, she'd get a hand up in the air. And the, most people in this little church, didn't they didn't go for this charismatic hand in the air thing. And so you get Miss Bertha talking about, uh, or to get the preacher talking about the blood, and Miss Bertha was, was in on that. She loved it. So I, I take it that occasionally you leaned on this to kind of get the body stirred occasionally, just kind of, did you have to work the blood of Jesus Christ? Was it, were you talking about, you know, things like Moses and all of a sudden brought in the blood of Jesus just yeah. to kind of waken yeah. people? No, yeah, I was doing a, a series on family or something. And all of a sudden my third point in marriage is <laughs> teach your kids about the blood of Jesus. But there we go. It's crazy. But um, but it, it really was true that yeah. she was a gauge. I mean, I, I knew if I didn't hear from Miss Bertha, yeah, you know, I was boring people or something. No doubt. And that, so it's kind of bothersome that you had this immediate gauge yeah. out there. And I know a lot of pastors out there probably, depending on the tradition of the church, a lot of them naturally have those ameners and yeah. and talking back to them. But at least in my experience, in my tradition, yeah. no that doubt. didn't come easy to get the amens. And it makes me wonder too, just how how often, if we're really honest with ourselves, how often do we? Uh, try to use something, say something. In essence, we're manipulating because we want to get a response, mm -hmm. and it all boils back down to: Are we are we fishing for a response? And I know we, we know we're not supposed to, and, right, and right. we know we're not supposed to be looking at people. But isn't it true that man, we when we're up there teaching preaching, uh, you can find that you're trying to get a cue, and if you see somebody's nodding off over here, that's not a good sign <laughs> because they're normally awakened behind you. Right. Um, at the same time, you also know there's certain people in your body that they're going to nod off no matter who's up there you know, right. speaking or preaching. Yeah, because they didn't um, want to be there to start with. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, man, I, I I can tell you there are are uh, plenty of cues that I I believe that we can look for. It makes me wonder what. You know, those that are listening with us, what cues they look for, who those people, who the birthers are, because I think we all have birthers yeah. in our, our body. And maybe they don't say amen, but but I wonder how many of them, uh, whether it's just a body motion or a nod, yeah. um, what that is. Yeah. So. And, you, and how many times have you been preaching and thinking, man, I'm not sure if they're even listening and I'm boring them or whatever. <laughs> and then, you know, how many times have you preached what you thought was a really great sermon yep. and you got like zero affirmation? Yep. And then you preach one, you think it's a really bad sermon. And the people, yep. man, that, that just really spoke to me today. And you just get all this affirmation. Like, Lord, it's like the Lord has this sense of humor. It's like, okay, buddy, you think you preached a good sermon? Uh, you I'll humble it. you. A little, little, little humility lesson here. And then you preach a bad oh. one and you get all the accolades. So it's a it's an odd thing how the Spirit moves and how He he uh, works from, from our mouths to the congregation's oh, man. ears. Man, I'm a, I'm a firm, one of my favorite passages of all time is, Isaiah 55, 11. So as my word that goes forth in my mouth, it will not return to me a void, but accomplishes that which I please and achieves the purpose which I send it. And, and I believe that God speaks to us. But, uh, but I found that I, I can't rely on what my emotions are. And again, I wonder how many have gone through this battle that I come off platform at different times. And in my, my mind, I'm thinking, man, that really came off good. And I got yeah. some amens or different people responded. Um, but when I got off, you know, get that reality check of, you know, sometimes it might be our bride, our wife, right. and my wife would be like, 
did you just not know the message well today or something? <laughs> and and she's not mean to hurt me. She's just yeah. kind of saying, how did it go when something's wrong? It just yeah. feel like you weren't connecting. And all of a sudden it's like, I thought it was good. You know, and of course my, I'm stroking my own ego, but then there are those, but I never heard responses or there weren't a lot of decisions, but then those times, I, I don't know about you, but I almost wanted to crawl off stage and yeah. like, I'm never oh, yeah. going to preach again because it was just horrible and it was terrible. And those would be the Sundays I would get emails uh -huh. saying, man, the Holy Spirit convicted me. I'd get calls, people wanting counseling because God had been speaking to them or whatever and convicted them. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, were we in the same room together? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Maybe they had Andy Stanley on their, <laughs> uh, their AirPods. That's it. Whatever. That's it. Um, speaking of your wife, you know, they're, I guess they're probably our greatest critics. Uh, they can be honest with us. They hear us preach almost every time we do. What thinking of that? What's the greatest piece of advice Jennifer's ever given you? Oh man, um, get regarding, out of bed. Regarding <laughs> preaching, I should say, get get out of bed. You got to preach this morning. That's probably <laughs> you can't stay home. <laughs> and I'm sure there are those times we all have that. But uh, man, I know that that for her, it's it's been you know just. Um, trust the Lord with this, you know, trust the Lord, just speak the truth and don't hold back. Just, um, and of course, challenging me to, to know the message. I don't know about you. Mm -hmm. I would absolutely love to have a message memorized and go, you know, not even look at my notes. Mm -hmm. I usually tend to manuscript it out and then I boil it down to an outline and I try to just refer to that outline. Yeah. Sometimes I'm too dependent on it. And her challenge would often be just, you know, get to know your notes and, and just because she was going to speak the truth and, and whenever, uh, as she has always done, it's not been uh, anything of so I look good, but it's just we want the peer, you know, people to hear the Holy Spirit. And, sure. and if I don't know what I'm speaking about, I don't know it well, then um, I, I'm disabling people from the opportunity to hear God's voice because I'm still stumbling through. I'm trying to to figure it out. I guess who is it? I want to was it McGorman that said um, if it's a uh, if it's a uh, mist in the pulpit, it's a fog in the auditorium or whatever. Hmm, <laughs> anyway, basically I'm saying if you're kind of confused as you're speaking it, yeah. it's going to be really confusing to everybody <laughs> else. Yeah. I need to get that saying down. Um, anyway. I remember speaking of spouses and advice, Beth told me years ago, and I still struggle with this, I think, but I am conscious of, more conscious of it, is um, I would have a hard time closing my sermons. I'd have a hard time. I would keep dragging them out, you know, maybe share yeah, a closing yeah. illustration and then put some application on that and then maybe even a gospel presentation yes. and a prayer. And, and, uh, and she's right. I would, I, I didn't close up my messages, uh, succinctly, I guess you'd say. No doubt. And, um, so I'm even today conscious of how I, how I close. I don't, I don't want to drag out my, the, the last, you know, three, four or five minutes of my message. That's, that's so, so powerful. I've heard, heard it, uh, said basically, I feel like some of us, are in a, a landing pattern like we're flying into Atlanta on one of its busiest days and mm -hmm. we just keep circling the airport yeah. and we keep circling and it's like land the plane please come on <laughs> after you've been up there an hour it, yeah. it's like okay how many an I'll hour be, i'll be i know <laughs> okay maybe the sermon doesn't but but i also remember uh uh one of my professors in seminary talking about again ha him having military experience talking about some of us land a sermon like we are landing a plane on an aircraft carrier we kind of slam it down oh, yeah. it's like we don't have a good approach and we just don't know how to end it so we just boom <laughs> and, and um so it, i i've 
heard one of the expressions basically saying our, our intro and our extra are, are two of the most vital points we have. Just sure. kind of how we how we engage people with God's word and then also how we're leaving it. What next step are we calling people to take? Right. Are we just right. wanting to have a philosophical Okay, that's that's wonderful, but nothing to do. Mm-hmm. But if we leave them with something to take, what? So when you close out, what are things you've learned on on uh, closing out the sermons, pulling them together, um, as as Beth has given you that challenge? Yeah. Well, um, you mentioned earlier uh, how you you have a full manuscript, but then you reduce it to an outline. I take a full manuscript up there, and I just try to I try to memorize it as best I can. But I have the full manuscript, and of course, I have it highlighted to, so I can glance down and look at it if I need to. So typically, um, when I'm when I'm crafting the message and writing it, I'm going to try to make sure I write it out, just how I want to finish yeah. it and make it succinct. But um, but yeah, it's it's you know kind of uh, usually going to be a closing illustration. There's going to be some kind of a wrap, kind of wrapping up all three like, of my points or whatever. Like rap is, like know. rap music kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> like they used to use you songs at the end, but now yes. yeah, oh, that, that's the next episode. How to wrap your messages. <laughs> so, yeah, just kind of a brief, I guess, uh, uh, overview of the, you know what we talked about. You kind of hitting your key point yep. and then a prayer, and kind of be done. Okay, I know that's it's hard to do, but so yeah. crucial. And yeah. um, it always always begs the question again: What are we leaving our, our body with? What what next step are we calling them yeah. to take? Otherwise, we're basically a professor in front of a classroom lecturing. Yeah, um, and I and maybe. Um, I haven't really thought much about it, but we do probably, at least I, I think I do, and maybe most of it, we probably think more about our opening line or opening illustration or how we open the message. Yeah. We don't think much about how to close it. Yeah. And as you said earlier, closing it is as crucial as the opening words. No doubt. But so, it's it's so hard, so hard. Yeah. <laughs> and especially when you get to the end and all of a sudden, hey, I don't know about anybody's out there has been like this. All of a sudden you're trying to remember, wait. What was I supposed to say here? Or you remember a point that you missed yeah, earlier yeah. and you want to tie it in because it's so powerful. But yeah, okay, yeah. you're you're already landing the plane and you've already put down the yeah. gear. You can't go back and <laughs> well you can pray then at the closing prayer though. You meant you go back and, and hit that point you mentioned you that. prayer <laughs> and just drag the message out even longer. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, well you and I obviously obviously like to laugh a lot. Um do you do you insert humor? Um or I guess how should how do you use humor in your messages? No. Uh, Man, great, great question. Uh, I believe, again, and I've heard it said, and so much of what, you know, I tend to do is what I've learned, but humor disarms and and it's so powerful. Uh, And (laughs) if you look at the life of Christ, there had to be points that Jesus had to be laughing, if not nodding his head, looking at Mm -hmm. the disciples going, oh my goodness. Just humor seems, you know, over and over in scripture. Uh, and, And I see if it ties in with scripture, not just throwing in, but there's something that that ties in. It, it's incredible to see how it can disarm somebody that comes in defensive and they're not sure. Maybe they're they're struggling with something else. But man, to be able to come in and take a moment and breathe and yeah. laugh, but at the same time, then open up to okay, what's God's word say about this? Right. And sometimes I believe the greatest way to deal with some of our conflict and some of our struggle is make, in essence, make fun of it. Yeah. Uh, we've got to be able to laugh at it and go, okay, if I'm going to take a step, I've got to, I've got to be able to laugh at myself. I'm too serious mm-hmm. to do anything about it anyway. But that's right. So it, it's carefully have to be wise with it. And and that's a struggle, I believe, for all yeah. of us, not to just throw in random humor. But right, right. Yeah, how about with you? Yeah, I mean, I love, I love to laugh. I love humor. I like, I'd, I'd like to think that I could be a stand-up comedian one day. That's probably not going to happen. <laughs> Or sit down um, comedian like oh, right yeah, now. Do a sit down. That's it. We may find out here on this podcast, but um, 
Yeah, but definitely not just humor for humor's sake. Um, okay. Usually, it's got it's got to have you know lead me to um, to a point. So, um, but definitely a fan of humor. And you mentioned Jesus. I just really believe, and I really hope um, that Jesus had a great sense of humor. I mean, we know that he was a joyful, joyful man. He was a joy to be around. Even at the wedding at Cana, where he had this first miracle, there had to be a lot of laughing and joy. And I read a book years ago called The Humor of Christ. He huh. talked about how uh, how a lot of the things that we look at and read it in all seriousness, it was probably funny to Jesus' audience. Yep. You know, when Jesus said, if you have just had the faith of a mustard seed, hmm. you can move a mountain. And we think, wow, that's profound. Well, what a lot of us don't realize is that King Herod at that time, Herod literally moved a mountain hmm. to build a fortress called Herodium. And so uh, he, his audience probably laughed at, hey, you know, you're right. If we just have a little bit of faith, we can That's move good. a mountain. That's good. We can do just what Herod did, you know. Um, and even when hmm. Jesus talked about, you know, it's, it's difficult for a rich man to go through the eye of a needle, you know. Yep. And in Jerusalem, there, there's the needle gate, and it's a small doorway that uh, the, the major gates were closed at night in Jerusalem, but there was a small little doorway called the needle gate. Yeah. And that's how when you came into Jerusalem late at night and you had your camel, the camel had to get on his knees to go through the needle gate. And surely Jesus, that's what he was, that's what he meant in that passage, I believe. And surely when he shared yep. that, I think, you know, his disciples and his audience was going, oh, yeah, it's funny, Jesus. I can just see <laughs> sure. the rich man has to yeah. crawl through like a camel cross through the gate. So I really believe that uh, we miss a lot of Jesus' humor just because we didn't understand the context yep. of the day. Um, and I would really love to, to know more about that. The book I mentioned, The Humor of Christ, it really wasn't a very easy read, to be honest with you. It's kind of hmm. very academic, and yeah. I'd like to see something a little, little more um, – more gauged to lay people, I guess, around, no about the humor of Christ. I don't think we hear much about Jesus being funny. No doubt. <laughs> well, I, I mean, think he was. He, yeah, I, I, there. I believe there's a lot more sarcasm in what he said than, <laughs> but yeah. calling people to the truth and, yeah. and sometimes just breaking the ice and going, okay, come on, guys, get real. Yeah. This is what it yeah. is. So, we're going to wrap this one up for today, Chuck. Any other thoughts? Uh, we can do some more talking about you know preparing messages and expository versus topical versus storytelling. And there's a lot to talk about, obviously, when it comes to sharing the word. Any other final thoughts today? Um, just I want to encourage man, those that are listening, those pastors out there, you're in the trenches, you're doing the hard work. And I uh, just want to encourage you to keep preparing, knowing that God's going to be glorified and it's for his glory, his fame. Uh, I do pray that God blesses you with some missed birthdays in your, own, <laughs> in your, your body that, that encourage you at the same time. Uh, I know that can be a, a snare that, that we too easily look to those people to be our refreshment, those people to be our encouragement when uh, we all know, man, we want the Holy Spirit to be the one that that says, you know, in our heart and soul, good, well done, good and faithful sermon, Ser servant, sermon. <laughs> sermon. <laughs> so when you when if you feel like you're going to crawl off stage this this coming Sunday because you feel is so miserable, just know that, again, God's word will never return in void. That's right. Uh, that's that's the biggest thing we can we can place our hope in and trust in. That's so right. just keep speaking the word and truth and, and in love and uh, Christ's grace. Amen. I'm going to give so, you an amen for that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> the so, blood. Uh, yeah. So thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah. Our job here at Connect Hope Podcast, we just want to, we want to, we want to be encouraging. We want to obviously connect hope and give hope and inspire you. We want to, uh, we want to, we want to just want to encourage and kind of pat you on the back and say, attaboy to you pastors and church staff that are working hard to expand the kingdom and let Jesus be known. And so thanks for joining us and uh, we'll see you next time.
Thanks for listening today. If today's podcast hit home with you, we hope you'll share it with other ministry leaders. If there's any way we can be here for you, please contact us at connecthope.org. Until next time, let's make Jesus famous. Thank you.